0: start our recording, and I just want to welcome everyone to building a breakout brand. Um, We're so lucky today to have Tiffany with us. Um, I've mentioned um, before on Eureka that I've had a sneak peek, and uh, all I can say is prepare to have your mind blown, because she's got some really good information and good experience. Um, That she brings to the table. So um, being today's class is going to be Recorded I'm going to be placing everyone on mute if you haven't already placed yourself on mute and then I will open the presentation again during our Q&A If questions pop into your head during the presentation and you don't want to forget You can always enter them into the chat box in the zoom dashboard. So um, which Hopefully, you've had a chance to find by now. If not, you let me know. Um, so, any questions before I mute everybody? Nope. All right. So, let me introduce you to Tiffany Cornish. We actually met on LinkedIn, didn't we? Yes. We so, did. proving that LinkedIn actually is very effective. <laughs> so, Tiffany was a brand expert. She has over 12 years experience in marketing and business development. Um, She has spent eight years in the fashion industry as a model and a creative director. And during those years, she not only produced, but she also starred in campaigns, in editorials and in line sheets for for fashion and beauty companies. She also worked as an industrial engineer for Estee Lauder, streamlining their production, and their processes to increase revenue and accuracy of their output projections. And since that time, in 2014, she actually started her own company called TC Creatives, which is a branding and design studio. And um, what really impressed me when I first came across Tiffany's profile is that she, her focus is on developing brands for small corporations and individuals, which is a really rare gem to find. And, um, so we are thrilled and as an independent owner of a design studio, she's, she really has the chops because, um, and has proven herself, she has helped build startups that have been acquired and she's also helped build home-based businesses that made six figures in their first year. So that shows you the kind of skill that she brings to the table. Her branding work has been featured in publications such as Teen Vogue, TechCrunch, and Essence Magazine, and she has um, a multidisciplinary skill set with a strong focus on strategy, which we always love. Um, Her goal is to help small businesses have a fighting chance in the competitive markets through strategic planning and strong design. So, Tiffany, thank you for Thank your, you. your generosity and sharing with us today. So I'm going to turn it over to you, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Jackie.
1: So today I want to talk to you guys about building a breakout brand. I know a lot of people ask questions about branding, what it is, how to do it. How do you know it works? And I just wanted to dive a little bit into that to give some clarity and then to kind of shed light on some things that you need to have in order to have a strong brand. So, today's learning objectives we're going to talk about what branding is and why it's necessary. What is a brand strategy? What's the difference between mission and purpose statements? How to define your brand values? Understanding your target audience? Defining your onlyness? How to use your strategy to craft a brand story? How to use your strategy to connect with your customers? And then, what is a brand identity? What are the parts of a brand identity? And how do you use consistency to build brand recognition? At the end, we're going to have some questions and answers. I'm going to go through a lot of information. So definitely take notes. Any questions that come up, I'm going to try to leave enough time to answer all of them. So first, what is branding? Branding is the process of differentiating a brand and building loyal customers in a target audience. So your brand is what people think about your business. It's how your business behaves. It's how it speaks. It's how it creates feeling. It's how your brand as a person is. So it's your identity. And i put some examples of very strong, well-known brands here. Starbucks, Nike, and Tide. Not only are they visually recognizable, but you know what they stand for. So why is branding important? Branding differentiates, it connects, and it defines. It differentiates you from your competitors, it connects you with your target audience, and it defines who your brand is. When done well, your brand creates a system, which is your story, and everything that you do comes into that. So how do you build a brand? Your brand is built of two parts. It's your brand strategy and your visual identity. You cannot have one without the other. They marry each other, they influence each other, and they have to be done with strategic thinking and very, very, very well thought out processes. So what is your brand strategy? Brand strategy, by definition, is a long-term plan for the development of your successful brand in order to achieve specific goals. A well-defined brand strategy has aspects of all types of parts of your business and it is used to directly connect with your customers, their emotions, and compete in your environment. You need to have these certain things in your brand strategy. Your mission statement, your purpose statement, your brand values, your target audience, your competitor strategy, which I like to call your onlyness, your brand personality, your motto, your brand tone, and voice. You also should have a vision statement, but for your branding, it's not as important as it is for, say, your business strategy. So the difference between your mission and your purpose statements. Sometimes, if you look it up on Google, you'll see these things used interchangeably. They are not interchangeable. Your... (laughs) Uh, mission and your purpose statements are two of the most key parts of your brand strategy. These statements help to create a framework for what the brand is and how it should develop over time. Your mission statement is what your company wants to do. This includes the audience that it wants to impact and its industry. Whereas your purpose statement is why your company is necessary. This includes the solutions you provide to your audience and what audience is for. So example, Kellogg's had a great mission and purpose statements. Kellogg's mission is Kellogg is a global company committed to building long-term growth in volume and profit and to enhancing the worldwide leadership position by providing nutritious food products of superior value. Whereas its purpose, why it's necessary, is nourishing families so that they can flourish and thrive. I really like Kellogg's because unlike some things, a lot of companies don't publicly post their purpose statement. Right, right. They post their vision and their mission, but not their purpose. But you can clearly see in Kellogg's purpose that it's why it's to help families flourish and thrive. So next part of your brand strategy is to create your or define your brand values. Your brand values are what your company stands for. When it's done well, it helps you have a segue to partnerships, nonprofits, events, and campaigns. And it's very, very important. When you define your brand values, you want to think about what you do and don't like in a company and what you want your customers to say about your company. So this is one of the only times thinking negatively will help you with business. When you say... I don't like that companies are this. It gives you a clear understanding that you want your company to be the exact opposite. I don't like when companies are profit focused. I want to be customer focused. That will become one of your values. Having defined values allows you to build a community around your brand and creates an emotional connection with your customers. Next, you have to determine your target audience. Your target audience is the people who are most likely to purchase your products and services. You want to be extremely specific when you define your target audience. I've worked with companies and they said, my target audience is anyone from 18 to 45. No, (laughs) 18 year olds and 45 year olds do not need or want the same things. They may need a general idea of something, but their process and how they get to that is different. So when you define your target audience, you wanna be very clear about the demographics, the background, the hobbies and interests, the pain points, which is very, very important, the pain points of your customers and what platforms they frequent. Doing this will help to maximize the impact of your marketing efforts by focusing solely on reaching your ideal clients and not mass marketing. So defining your onlyness. This is a word that I kind of created. It's not a real thing. But it is very important your onlyness is what separates you from your competitors it's what only your business offers only what your business can do clearly identifying this helps you create positioning in the market my brand is the best at this my brand is the best because I put a chart here in the handout you guys will be able to take and look into the different ways to differentiate A lot of them are cost focused. Some of them is first to market. So you'll be able to go through that. I'm not gonna dig into that particularly, but you need to know that defining what only your company does is very important for your positioning. So then you put all of those things together, your strategy together to create a story. Storytelling is a essential part of branding. Your brand story is a clear narrative that encompasses the facts and feelings created by your brand. You need to create a story that resonates with your target, co- your target audience. Use each part of your strategy, your mission, your purpose, your values, to clearly articulate the who, what, and why of your brand in a way that builds an emotional connection. As your company grows, you can refer to your brand strategy to make informed business decisions. This will ensure that all of your choices work to strengthen your brand story and further build relationships with your customers. Customer relationships are the most important part of business. Customers buy things because of their relationship with a brand, not always because it's the best brand in the market. So you want to make sure that people are loyal and they trust you. And by doing that, your brand will flourish. And the only way to do that is to make sure that every piece of content you put out every new product you come out are serving that story that you came up with initially. So using your story to connect with the audience. Your brand story will help to foster a sense of community and trust, like I mentioned. It will help to create authenticity, authenticity sorry, throughout your marketing campaigns and build a foundation for your future, partner, future brand partnerships. So if you have, for instance, Thrive Cosmetics, is a cosmetic company that donates their, one product sold to their, to someone in need. But this week, because of the fires here in Southern California, they're donating 100% of their profit because that is part already of their core values. When you have core values, it helps you have a segue to do things like that. And it's not a question of motives. If it's um, opportunistic, It's really authentic. People like to purchase from companies that they feel understand and care about who they are. So, when your brand story is consistent and strong, you will build a community of what I like to call brand believers. So, after you have a very strong, clearly defined brand strategy, you want to start building a visual identity. Now, your visual identity is what a lot of people call branding. This is going to be how your brand is displayed visually it should illustrate your brand story and it should be absolutely consistent across all platforms when you have your brand visual identity develops it needs to have a few things one of which is a responsive logo and usage guidelines on how to use that logo a color palette which is usually five to six colors to about Two of them are primary colors you use more than the rest. The other ones are used when you need. Typography. It's usually two typefaces. One usually for the headline, sometimes subheader, and then one for the body copy. For everything that is consistent throughout your website, your business cards, your brand collateral as well. Stationary and business cards designs. Image treatment and photography styles. You guys won't notice it now, but when you go back through the deck, you'll notice that the pictures are very similar in a way that they're colored in the way that they're shot. That is important because you want to build a visual recognition for your brand. You need social media templates, design layouts and grids. Your layouts for a one-sheet brochure should be the same as a three-page brochure. You want copywriting outlines, which are going to determine your brand tone and then all of that should be put together in a brand identity guide your brand identity guide is something that you can use for onboarding for your new customers and contractors so that they know that what you are doing needs to follow this look exactly this way use these exact colors and these exact fonts so that everything continues to be consistent you should also include your brand strategy and your identity guide. So people are aligned with your story and informed and they know what everything is supposed to mean. So a responsive logo. A responsive logo is a primary logo that exists in several and slightly different, easy, scalable variations. I have four examples here. I don't know if you guys can see them because mm-hmm. I have my knee on the side. but you have coca-cola chanel walt disney and heineken these are just a few you'll see it all the way through large corporations starbucks they'll all have a responsive logo having a responsive logo is important in order to ensure consistency through multiple mediums such as digital screens and print materials sometimes you need your logo to be wide sometimes you need it to be tall sometimes you just need very small like on your browser icon you need to already have that decided and defined so that you're not chopping things differently across mediums and losing your consistency why colors matter in branding your brand should have a color palette about four to five colors that you use throughout your marketing materials These colors will be used throughout your photos, your graphics, your brochure, your print items, and even your business swag. Color is the easiest way to evoke emotions. People make subconscious judgments on product within 90 seconds of initial viewing. 90% of this assessment is based on color alone. So when you're choosing the colors for your brand, you want to make sure that You understand clearly the association between the colors you choose and the emotion that it's going to evoke. We don't get the option to tell people that blue is happy because when you see blue, it makes you sad. So, because of that, when choosing the colors for your brand, you want to make sure they line up with the mission and your brand story and what you want your customers to feel. Choosing the right fonts to tell a story. Your corporate visual identities will have two to three fonts, like I mentioned. But fonts are very important because they heavily influence how your message will be perceived. They have to be consistent with your tone of voice for your brand. If you see something that's big and blocky, it's maybe, or all caps, it's maybe yelling or strong, it's powerful. Whereas when you see something that's cursive, it's flowy, a little more easygoing, sometimes it gives energetic. You want to make sure the fonts that you use tell that story for your brand. You don't want to pick something because it looks great, but it's not exactly what you're going for in terms of tone of voice. So going off of tone of voice, you want to make sure your brand has its own voice. That is a personality that is used to communicate your brand message. Based on your brand strategy, you can determine a clear voice that complements your brand story. Having clear, consistent tone throughout your communications helps to strengthen brand recognition. I use this example of Wendy's because it's very, very well done, and it's very exaggerated. Wendy's Twitter bio says, "We like our tweets the same way we like to make hamburgers—better than anyone expects from a fast food <laughs> joint." So, it you see, it's playful. It's a little aggressive, um, and it shows clearly throughout their tweets, throughout their ad campaigns, and their marketing materials. Uh, someone tweeted a picture of a woman standing standing in a spicy chicken sandwich line at Wendy's, and they responded on Twitter: "Find someone who loves you as much as she loves that chicken sandwich." Oh, <laughs> so it's playful, but it's consistent, and it also leads way for them to. Uh, build recognition, get the audience involved. People tweet at wendy 's because they know that they're at some point maybe'll we'll tweet back, and it really just builds that connection that you want to have with your audience. So when you do these things and have them defined, you want to use it consistently always to build brand recognition. Brand recognition is the extent in which customers can identify your brand solely on viewing the products the tagline, and other visual elements. On average, it takes five to seven impressions for someone to remember your brand. When you don't use things the same way, the number of impressions it takes changes exponentially because it does not look similar. Using colors, fonts, and layouts in the same way creates a visual repetition that builds brand recognition. I use this example of Thrive Cosmetics, and you'll see throughout their social media, their website, their product packaging, their newsletters, they use the fonts the exact same way. They always use their cursive script for their headlines, whereas their other font for everything else, body copy, subheaders, and they always use the exact same color blue. You see it on their social media. It doesn't vary at all. They don't change it for the holidays. This is their brand. And it is very important to have a visually recognizable brand. So after you have a strong brand strategy and brand identity, the work does not stop there. A lot of people front load their branding efforts and then it kind of just goes and dilutes over time. You have to nourish your brand and nurture your brand. So how do you keep your brand alive? after you develop a strong brand it is important to monitor your brand reputation this is called brand management your brand has to be cared for and developed to grow you want to constantly monitor how your brand is being perceived and analyze the impact that it's having to develop new ways to connect with your audience this is anywhere from making an alert to see every time your brand is mentioned publicly addressing any criticisms or customer service issues that you have doing the brand alignments with nonprofits or other initiatives that are in line with your brand values these things must be done and then also making sure that you monitor it to know when it's time to pivot if you started your company and you thought that you're target audience was 25 to 35 but you notice that the bulk of the people purchasing from you are from 30 to 50 you need to start changing your tone and adjusting how you market to cater to those audiences so i know i gave you guys a lot of information and i'm sure that there are a lot of questions so I am going to turn it over to you guys to get some clarity on where I talk too fast <laughs> left you in the dust so feel free to jump in anytime and give me any questions you guys have I'll be more than happy to answer
0: yeah so um so I've got us all unmuted for uh, questions and um, so I'll give people a chance to ask questions before I jump in because I've got a ton of them hey. and uh per usual you're you know, you've given us some uh really good information though so uh but i'll I'll let other people jump in with their questions first
1: hey Tiffany I've got a
0: question i more because I deal with design and stuff like that okay but how do you um so it's not as much of a difference anymore that using print fonts and web fonts. Right. So how do you get that consistency across the board? Because, you know, I have a couple of clients that use some print fonts, you know, as their brand. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get that, you know, to use that kind of on their web, in web work. So do you just try to get as close as you can or do you set up a different, Here's our web fonts. here's our print fonts, kind of branding
1: yep, so a lot of companies now or brand uh, font developers are doing web fonts with their regular print fonts. Yeah. Uh, Google has their fonts, and yeah. Adobe has their font kits, which have things are similar, but the work around to make sure that things are completely consistent is to use if your customers are not. Open to rebranding in a way that we can pick fonts for both. You can use imagery, yeah, for headlines. That's what I That am. way, yeah, so that's the easy way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but it's also ways to take a font file and turn them into a web font. And you just yeah. and it will download a CSS yeah. and it 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 it. yeah. So, okay. but you want to make sure you that it's consistent no matter what. So it does add an extra step, but for going forward, any
0: new New brands make sure that they have a font that you can be used for useful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Boy, I'm glad the two of you speak that language. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just like. Oh. Taylor, how about you? Do you have some questions you want to ask Tiffany before I jump in here?
1: Um, I no, I actually really love the presentation. I thought it was very clear. Um, it, we're gonna have access to it after because unfortunately I wasn't able to view my screen.
0: Yes. I've got this uh, recorded. Yeah, absolutely. So then I'll jump in with my question. So you had mentioned about the brand strategy and the various components of the brand strategy. What does this look like? And you mentioned about you take the different components and you put it into a story. Then does that become several, like, paragraphs? Um, Is that kind of generally... So it's not something you want to combine into a tight little sentence, like a value prop or anything like that, correct? So each part has its
1: own sentence. Your story is about a paragraph or two that encompasses all of those things, not verbatim, but tie those things in to build an emotional connection. So brands have, for their brand strategy, usually something called a direction deck. Or a strategy deck where each page is dedicated to each thing. So you have a page for your mission, a page for your values. But when it comes to the story, and which is basically the framework of all of the things you'll do with your brand, you want it to say, you know, my name is Tiffany. I have a brand development and design company where I focus on building brands for startups and pivoting businesses. Because I noticed when brands started, they did not have a strong understanding on how to build visually and with strategy to compete in major markets. That's a brand story. And everything you do ties into that.
0: Got it. And then do you also recommend that being published on a person's website or would there be components of that that would be communicated on the website strictly because you're, you're talking to your audience
1: most large corporations in they about have specific sections for their mission usually their vision they don't publicly say their purpose statement um, a lot of times they've already helped to fix some of those purposes so it's not as important as it was in the beginning but they do publicly do it because one it's great PR to say we are doing this because we care about this type of person in need, but also because you want to buy from a company, again, that you feel is aligned with you. So I know Nike does it on their website. You can clearly see their mission and values, which also you see heavily influencing their campaigns and the things that they choose to do in their marketing. And you also heavily see people buy or not buy from Nike because of it. Right, 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 yes. You want to make sure it's as public as possible because one of the worst things you can do with branding is to let it be up to the audience to decide what it means. Oh. You want to
0: be clear
1: you want to be concise so that your message does not get misconstrued.
0: Yes. So the, the notion of if you don't create the brand or communicate the brand, it will be communicated or and created for you. Absolutely. Yowza. Okay. That's good advice. And then um, you mentioned about, and I may have asked you about this the other day, or I may not if I don't recall, but um, when you're looking at, especially as a small enterprise, when you're looking at competition
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: there might, how do you select um, your competitors? Do you Do you choose someone that you um, would want to compete against, a larger brand? Or what's what's your thinking on that?
1: Always aim high in business. I cannot stress it enough.
0: Do not
1: have your goals to be something that you can attain next week or next month. It's important to have incremental goals. But when you are branding your company, your vision for your company should be large scale, as big as you want it to be. Everybody doesn't want to have a Fortune 500 company, so I won't say that, but as big as you want it to finally be when you want to retire from it or sell it or whatever it is, that's what you want your goal to be. So when choosing your competitors, you want to choose competitors that are large scale Mm -hmm. because you're going to fix the pain points that they're leaving in customers and it'll be a larger market when you're doing it for a big corporation than a small corporation.
0: Got it. That makes sense. So right. So it's the brand is not about the brand is about competing for mind space, if you will, versus competing at the same level of revenue, um, uh, overall revenue, because, you know, when I think about my firm, I, I enjoy running a boutique firm, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't want to have a Um, A Tony Robbins kind of size organization Mm -hmm. Uh, but I never really thought of it in terms of brand is different than revenue size or employee size and that sort of thing so that's very very helpful. Yeah so I I largely enjoy working
1: with small businesses, boutique startup companies um, than large Fortune 500 companies and I've done work for Wells Fargo and acura and big name businesses but um for me even as the company grows i continue to work with small businesses mom because they need more um and the value that you put into the this development shows and it doesn't get chopped in a year and a half when they test it for not long enough for it to work and change it again um right but you really want to make sure that your branding speaks to who your goal client is. And that's what I mean when I say aim high. So, whoever your ideal customer is, if you're a boutique firm, but your ideal customer has $20,000 to spend in marketing, you want to make sure that you position yourself so that you're trustworthy to the clients that have $20,000 in marketing to spend.
0: Right. You know, one of the biggest things that I find, especially with smaller firms like mine, is Getting the business owner to settle in or settle down on a target audience because, um, that where that uh, let's see, how do I say this that we could have a, a, enough detail for? Because I think, and you probably see this too, where everybody, you know, well, what I do, um, can serve I can do for everybody. Yes,
1: exactly. It is Everybody cool. needs branding. I can work with everyone. Everybody. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I understand that. But so there is a very important thing that you do in business, which I didn't touch on in this deck. And it's important to have customer personas and profiles. And what that does is it takes your customer or your target audience and it breaks it into usually it's about three profiles. So for instance, I work with small business owners. But my small business owners also have their own breakdown. I work with some small business owners who are 40 plus. I work with some small business owners who are fresh out of college. I work with some small business owners who are starting businesses part time. So you want to create those customer personas and to have brand personalities and messaging for each one of those so they understand. So yes, women from age nowadays 10 to 65 wear lipstick you want to make sure that you're messaging different to each one of those now yeah so the,
0: the, the 10 year old doesn't have the thin lips that some of us have.
1: <laughs> which is why the you know you market the lip plumping ones to a different audience then you do <laughs> the lip gloss to the younger audience right right so you can't have a ride range of your target audience you want to have customer profiles and brand personalities and personas to match those and you want them to be consistent with their tone of voice and your messaging always but it will vary a little you know you might see your lip gloss packaging being a little bit more playful than your you know rouge that everyone usually has
0: the other thing too that I think about when you're talking about um, the each persona having its own brand messaging is also the importance of segmentation um yes. for our list, our mailing list. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So another question that I have, sorry, um, is You mentioned about the brand, uh, five to seven impressions for people to recognize the brand. And one of the things that I've noticed recently, and I was really curious about your thoughts on this, um, is that Google changed its whatever, algorithm, whatever you want want to call it, on its email. When When they went, you know how they went from just a general email box to more Mm -hmm. of a segmented email box where Mm -hmm. they had social, they had advertising, whatever Mm -hmm. else that they had. Um, What, what we discovered was that if an email had two had a lot of images or links and, or, you know, which would include a logo or anything of those Mm -hmm. different brand elements, a lot of times it was getting thrown into a promotional mm-hmm. tab, which then nobody looks in there. That's a blanket statement, but a lot of people don't mm-hmm. look in their promotional
1: tab. Yes, yes, that is true. Uh, Google does a number of things to make it. They do a number of things, yes they do. <laughs> For business owners, I know they also change like how your uh, website traffic is monitored. And- You'll see on your website for the day it'll say you had 200 and you look tomorrow and it says it's 50 because one came from all mm-hmm. sources. Um, so they do a lot of things to try to keep your brand honest. Um, so one thing to help with your brand promotions uh, for newsletters in particular would to be to do them frequently and limit do more links than images. Mm. Uh, make sure that the headlines don't sound like they're selling something because that'll be a sure way to get kicked into the promotion or updates folders. Um, And you want to make sure that you're having a high open rate for your list. So that goes into going through your email list and looking at who opens nothing and purging to make sure that you keep your open rate high. And then Google says, okay, this is information that people want to have. And it'll keep coming
0: Got it. Um, How do they know the open rate if it's not are they just going off of people
1: that are Google or getting their mail through Google? Um G, Gmail yes. Uh, I don't know if you've used it recently, but they even do like a um, autocomplete your censuses now
0: yes!
1: yes yes So when you keep your and it's the same thing with website content. It's the same thing with social media presence, Facebook, Instagram. They're doing it as well. When people interact with your content, they make it more visible. And when they don't, they drown it out with other content that people find more important. So you're, whoever you're using for your email marketing list, you're able to see what your open rates are. Um, but Google itself will go from like unsubscribes People who market as spam is something that Google directly gets Um, and it starts to block your email address out. So you want to make sure that those people are being purged from your list. You're not just leaving them there to continue to harm your brand outreach.
0: You know, what's really interesting about that too, Tiffany, I use HubSpot's marketing software Mm -hmm. and I know uh, Taylor, her organization. You used to use HubSpot and switch to another one. But in the HubSpot software, when you do a mailing, they do, you know, for your, your list, you can select the list that you want to send to. And then they have a a, a, a notation at the bottom when you're mm-hmm. setting it up that says um, you have X amount of people with low engagement mm-hmm. where you can check that and they don't get sent. Yeah. And for the, for the longest time... You know, I just kept it checked. And one day I thought, "Hmm, I'm going to uncheck this sucker and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I got feedback from people that I haven't spoken to in a long time that had not been engaged. So what do you do in a situation like that? Well, everything
1: is trial and error and test, right? Yeah. But one of the reasons why those people had saw it where they probably wouldn't have seen it before is because it probably was not being filtered. Whereas if they continue to ignore it, it probably would be filtered. So you have to take that in consideration too. I have um, brands that work out to me for brand partnerships and their first email will definitely come directly to me, but the rest of them won't right. because I didn't open it. So oh. ever so often, it sounds like something to definitely test and try, uh, but you do want to be aware of how them
0: not open it can impact your marketing efforts. Got it, got it. Um, And then my last question. (laughs) No problem. So there's a lot of, um, you had mentioned about indicators of, with indicators of the need to pivot, right? And so what are some of the KPIs that a a business should monitor to measure the effectiveness of their brand?
1: It depends on if you're service-based or product-based. Okay. Product-based, you want to look at the top pages viewed. Well, for both, you want to look at the top pages viewed on your website. Um, And that includes blog posts. If most people are coming to your website for web design blog posts, but you primarily focus on logo design, you want to make sure that you address that. If um, more people are buying your shoes, but you're known as a handbag company, you want to address that. Oh, got it. So... You want to make sure that you're looking at um, top page views, um, most products sold. You want to look at um, revenue sources or traffic sources, where that's coming from, because different traffics had different demographics usage. If you get more people coming to you from LinkedIn than Facebook or LinkedIn than Instagram, then you know that you want to change to a more mature audience instead of something that's for a younger audience. So it's a couple of things you want to look into and you want to do it often. I say quarterly, but adjustments you want to make, you know, every year to five years, you don't want to change too often to not build that recognition. Yeah.
0: It's a good time of the year really, to be able to look into that and start to plan for next year.
1: It's a great time of the year, um, especially for uh, product-based companies to have done it, say, late August, early September, you wanna look at your sales, you wanna look at what you're marketing to because that way you can strategically plan your messaging and your marketing efforts around the holiday shopping seasons. You wanna see what products to feature, you wanna see what products to remove, you wanna see what products to do brand extensions of that you can get out by
0: Black Friday and, you know, holiday Christmas sales. So Yeah, which is just around the corner isn't it? Yes. Next week. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Um, any other questions? No. You're so wise and, um, articulate and, um, smart and I just don't know what to say. I just, it's, it's just such a treat. Um, you're so creative, also, and and you're so knowledgeable about your industry that and about branding, especially for the smaller organizations. That it's really inspiring,
1: um,
0: and it and it really makes it less. It makes it more tangible. I think for a small business to think about branding and uh, rather than feel like, you know, this yeah. is not. I don't know where to start. This is not doable. Why waste my time? You know, absolutely. Yeah. So if someone were going, wanted to reach out to you, Tiffany, and talk more about their specific brands, what would be the best way for them to contact you?
1: So at the end of the brand deck last page, I have my uh, phone number and email and a link to my website. So you guys can see what I do. If I'm just, thinking about things and not delivering them well. I'm kidding. Um, and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and you'll be able to see, you know, a little bit more in detail. Uh, my website has a little bit more things broken down in terms of like what strategy is and things of that nature. And we write blog posts all the time that really dive into target audience and brand values and things like that. Um, but email is always great. Um, I work with people and I'm in meetings a lot. So I do respond two emails within 24 to 48 hours. So that would be the best way to reach out to me. And that would be at info, I-N-F-O, at tc com.
0: Got it. Very good. Thank you, Tiffany. I appreciate yeah. all the information that you shared. And, um, and for the members that are on this, this the video will be posted online. Uh, at Eureka and so I know that John especially was disappointed that he couldn't make it today so um, I know he'll be first in line to watch this because he's actually that's a big thing that he's working on right now with his business as well so um, thank you all for being here Tiffany thank you and continue to stay safe with the fires up there okay absolutely
1: thank you so much
0: all right have a great day everyone you as
1: well bye-bye
0: bye now